Foreign Minister Joseph Wu announced on Sunday that Taiwan's diplomatic relations with Honduras have ended. Wu accused Beijing of making flashy promises that it doesn't keep. He also made assurances that ties with another of Taiwan's ally were solid. With the severing of Taiwan-Honduras ties, Taipei now has 13 diplomatic allies remaining. Marching into the room with a determined gait, Minister of Foreign Affairs Joseph Wu called a press conference Sunday morning to personally share the news that Taiwan has cut ties with Honduras. After failed talks, we have decided that in the interest of national sovereignty and dignity to immediately terminate diplomatic relations with Honduras. We already recalled our ambassador to Honduras a few days ago. Now that the Honduras foreign minister has already arrived in Beijing, we decided to make this announcement today. The Honduras Foreign Ministry also tweeted Sunday that Honduras was cutting ties with Taiwan. The tweet said that Honduras acknowledges that there is only one China and that the People's Republic of China is the only legal representative of that China. Honduras had previously raised the issue of switching ties in 2021 and discussed the issue with Beijing while presenting demands to Taipei. Honduras had requested 45 million U.S. dollars to build a new hospital, another 300 million U.S. dollars for the construction of a dam, and assistance settling the country's 2 billion U.S. dollars external debt. This year, Honduras grew bolder, raising its demands to 90 million U.S. dollars for the hospital and to 350 million U.S. dollars for the dam. Added to the cost of settling the debt, that would have brought the total cost for Taipei up to nearly 2.45 billion U.S. dollars. Our model for assistance to other countries, which is a model that Taiwan is proud of, is one that is based on planning. Our way of doing things is not like that of China, throwing money about and letting countries fall into a debt trap. The foreign ministry calls on countries everywhere to recognize that China says one thing and does another. Wu criticized China's flashy promises, which some interpreted as a message to another ally country, Paraguay. Some good friends have come to tell us that China does not deliver on its promises. Our relationship with Paraguay will not face any problems. Lured away by Beijing's financial promises, nine former allies have cut ties during Tsai Ing-wen's presidency. Now, there are 13 allies remaining. Shortly after the press conference, President Tsai Ing-wen responded to the termination of the Taiwan-Honduras relations. Tsai said that Taiwan employed a pragmatic approach in its support of ally nations, adding that Taiwan would not compete with China using dollar diplomacy to retain its allies. This is what she had to say. It is regrettable that we had to terminate our diplomatic relations with Honduras today. For a long time, we have upheld the belief that, to the best of our ability, we will support the long-term and substantial development of our allies through forward-looking and pragmatic approaches. We do not engage in meaningless diplomatic competition with China through dollar diplomacy. Over the past few years, China has continuously used various methods to undermine Taiwan's international participation. It has increased military incursions against us and has impacted regional peace and stability. However, these suppressive actions and threats will not change the fact that the Republic of China and the People's Republic of China do not belong to each other, nor will they detract from the will of the people of Taiwan to maintain our freedom and democracy and to strive forward into the world. 
Taiwanese have proven to the world that we would never back down from threats. One of Taiwan's diplomatic allies, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, has had 42 years of steadfast diplomatic relations with Taiwan. It culminated with the opening of an embassy in Taipei in 2019. Over the past few years, the embassy has worked hard to further the ties between the two countries, particularly in education. Toward that goal, it opened a reading room in February. Our reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Ambassador Andrea Bowman for an exclusive interview. Pleased to have you here, to have Famosa TV here this morning, because our reading room was open on Valentine's Day. Giving FTV an exclusive tour of the embassy, St. Vincent and the Grenadines' first ever ambassador to Taiwan, Andrea Bowman, proudly showcases the embassy's new reading room text by Vincentians about St. Vincent the Grenadines and beyond. Of course, we have text from our Prime Minister and our former Prime Minister. The reading room is home to 52 books by authors from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. There are genres ranging from poetry, nonfiction, novels, and more. Topics range from women's empowerment to St. Vincent and the Grenadines' tourism and culture. There are also university theses written by St. Vincent and the Grenadines students who have studied in Taiwan over the years. It is open to the public to visit. What we are focusing on now is allowing more and more persons to become aware of the reading room and how the reading room could serve the purpose that we intend. Meaning we are going to get um, readers, Taiwanese readers in particular, from different levels into the reading room where I'm going to share and read with them different levels. They are obviously going to read on their own because the space is for that. The space is for us, for people to be able to just relax and read on their own. More than most women, she is wonderful and wise and has courage more than most women. Since St. Vincent and the Grenadines officially opened their embassy in Taipei in 2019, Bowman has dedicated herself to strengthening educational ties between the two countries. She hopes that the opening of the room can help Taiwan reach its bilingual 2030 goal as well as let more Taiwanese people learn about St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We, meaning a group of Caribbean English-speaking ambassadors, presented a platform to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, to the Ministry of Education, and to the National Central Library, a platform for the promotion of English language and English literature in Taiwan. So our reading room, having the reading room, is a part of that platform. There are other aspects to that platform where we go out to different schools, we go out to different universities, we take our culture, we take our texts, we take our readings onto different platforms. This is my office. It looks a little worky. <laughs> Come right in. Before Bowman served as ambassador, she was a school principal for 13 years, which she says has greatly helped her successfully launch the embassy in Taiwan. The award that we got after two years of operation, as I said, is really happening that we are able to get this award. Although the embassy is relatively new, it received the Republic of China Chamber of Commerce Golden Merchants Award for being the most outstanding foreign embassy and mission in Taiwan in 2021. She hopes that through her post, she can foster deeper educational ties between Taiwan and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Since 2019, she has visited over 30 schools and given talks to students. I was over the moon. We were over the moon because 
it meant that whatever we had done in that small space of time was recognized. It made an impact. And this is what we want to, you know, this is what we want to happen via our embassy. We want to be seen, heard, and understood the ways in which we have reached out to the Taiwanese community. These obviously come from my specific areas of focus, my being an educator. In other words, I have um, visited thus far about 30 educational institutions here in Taiwan. Bowman says her country's embassy in Taiwan is the first and only in Taiwan. During her term as ambassador, Bowman also wants to further deepen cultural ties with Taiwan and let more people know about the beauty of Taiwan. One of her goals as ambassador is to invite more Taiwanese to visit her beautiful home, which boasts 32 islands and keys. St. Vincent the Grenadines is made up of 32 islands and keys. Now that in itself tells you about the ecological beauty, about the spread of our wonderful islands, okay? Um, because we have 32 islands and keys, we have a great deal of water. Our, we have beautiful beaches, we have black sand beaches, we have white sand beaches. Every single Vincentian knows about Taiwan. I have no, I say that without any fear of contradiction. Every single Vincentian knows about Taiwan. But were I to step out on the street just outside of our embassy right now, I can bet you the first Taiwanese I meet has never heard about St. Vincent and the Grenadines. To do better, we need to be able to allow Taiwanese to recognize that we are friends and we have been friends for a very, very long time. And we are here to work with Taiwan. St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Taiwan have enjoyed 42 years of steadfast diplomatic relations. The two countries share values of freedom, democracy, and human rights. Having served as Taiwan's ambassador for four years now, Bowman plans to renew her term and continue to strengthen the ties between the two countries. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Guo Wenhai in Taipei. According to local beliefs, the first thunder of spring will usher in rain. And indeed, thunder rumbled yesterday, which sure enough was followed by rain. As the weather front passed through the island, the Water Resources Agency seized the opportunity to carry out artificial rainmaking at reservoirs across the nation. But at the end of the day, the overall intake was still negligible. At long last, a downpour in southern Taiwan, the Water Resources Agency seized the opportunity to carry out cloud seeding, an artificial rainmaking operation. Flares were launched Saturday night at Zhengwen Reservoir, Qishan and Namaxia districts, as well at Jiaxian Weir in Kaohsiung. Officials hoped that cloud seeding would increase precipitation by 10 to 30 percent, giving southern Taiwan a temporary relief from the current drought. Before the weather front reached the south, it arrived in northern Taiwan first, where cloud seeding was also performed. In addition to launching flares, workers also burned chemicals and canisters on the ground in hopes of increasing the rainfall. All of these efforts are done because the drought has affected not only the south, but also some places in the north. Sherman Reservoir in Taoyuan is also seeing its water level recede. A land deity's temple and a prairie that have been submerged when the reservoir was constructed back in the 1960s have now reappeared. With the release of the artificial flares, we hope to bring as much rain as possible into Shuman Reservoir. As water levels continue to drop at reservoirs across the nation, cloud seeding was also carried out at 2nd Baoshan Reservoir, which is the main water source for Xinju. 
and at Mingda Reservoir, which supplies the Miaoli area, and at Li Yutan, which supplies Miaoli and Taichung. However, at the end of the day, the water intake still left a lot to be desired. The main problem is that the land has been dry for too long, so when the rain falls, a considerable amount is absorbed by the land. Although yesterday's rain has helped somewhat, the greater benefit may be that after yesterday's rain, the plains now have more water for irrigation. According to data, water levels at the nation's reservoirs continue to drop. Taiwan's largest reservoir, Zhengwen Reservoir, is only 11.3% full. The capacity at a dozen reservoirs, including Baoshan, Mingde, and Liyutan, is less than 40%. With the continuing drought, more rain is all one can hope for. As the number of COVID cases declines in Taiwan, norovirus and enterovirus cases are rising. Not only has there been a drastic increase in people being hospitalized as a result of diarrhea, cases of enterovirus A71, which hasn't seen an outbreak in recent years, have also surfaced. Let's hear from a doctor. It's at least 30% to 50% more than in previous years, and it is mainly norovirus. In addition to diarrhea, symptoms may also include vomiting, stomach pain or fever. Viruses that cause gastrointestinal infection cannot be killed with alcohol. You have to wash your hands with soap to kill them. Doctors warn that norovirus and enterovirus are not like COVID-19, which can be completely eradicated with alcohol. Frequent handwashing and disinfection with bleach must be done to reduce the risk of infection. Every year, the enterovirus epidemic begins in late March and reaches its peak anywhere from the end of May to mid-June. Doctors warn that this year's number of infections may be higher than in previous years, especially among high-risk groups, such as children under the age of five. So parents are advised to be vigilant. After 24 years, Mandarin Airlines has resumed its flights to Matsu Nangan Airport. Now both Mandarin and Uni Air have services to the outlying island. Local residents are happy about the added option, but some say that no matter how many flights are added, travel agencies will always snatch up all the available seats, leaving them with nothing. Let's hear what the transport minister has to say. At present, it might be like that at the beginning. The flight is now once a day, but with the increase of passengers, the service will be increased. As for reserving seats for individual travelers, they will do that too. The minister also pointed out another benefit with the partial reinstatement of the so-called Mini Three Links, which allows direct transport between the offshore islands of Jingmen, Mazu and mainland China. Some Chinese nationals will be able to visit Taiwan by taking the flights from Mazu to Taipei, giving the local tourism industry a boost. Have you ever wondered where to go if you need a pet sitter? Today, we'll take you to meet the founder of a pet sitter platform. Candace Chen created the platform in 2019. The pet care app helps pet owners find local pet care by matching pets with certified pet sitters in their area. Our reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Chen to find out more about the service. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
She plays with Sky and then feeds her. After eating a light snack, it's time for a walk. Over the years, more and more Taiwanese are becoming proud pet owners. Seeing this demand, many Taiwanese are also starting their own businesses and providing more pet-friendly products and services. Pick our services, pick where we are. So this is right here where I live. So if I want to sit an L to drop in to feed my dog. This app offers dog walking, grooming, fostering, and pet sitter drop-in services for dogs, cats, raccoons, birds, and hamsters. Before sitters can begin offering their services, they will have to take an online course to learn how to correctly take care of pets. All pet sitters are trained and verified. Pet owners can view the sitters' reviews before booking. A place that helps urban pet parents find local, trusted, and loving pet sitters easily. So we have a matching platform, essentially kind of like Airbnb for pets. Traditionally, I would ask my friends and family to help, or I could send her to a kennel, like a pet shop. But now I can easily find someone that can take care of her, like how I take care of her at home. But this person is nearby and is trained and is someone that I can trust. Will send me updates and reports all the time through the app. So it's something that we offer. The app we can just easily find someone that we trust to take care of our babies. And we also have dog walking and grooming services and so on. Chen is the founder of this pet sitter platform. Chen grew up in Taiwan and moved to the U.S. in high school. After graduating from California Polytechnic State University, she started working at Pepsi in the U.S. She later on started her own juice startup in the U.S. selling Taiwanese dragon fruit juice. However, after a few years working in the U.S., she decided to move back to Taiwan in 2019. Being a dog lover herself and seeing the potential in the Taiwanese market for pet care services, she decided to create a platform customized to the Asian market to solve pet owners' pet care problems, provide jobs for people, and improves pets' lives. Really crazy incident. Uh, I was at the mall, we were doing some PR events, and there was a shooter. So I was there. I was I was there at the PR event. There was a shooter and. That, I think I just had life flashbacks at that point. So at that point, I realized, oh, we haven't made enough impact. We're targeting like upper, upper class people. This is a $10 juice, and I miss my family. So all these things, all these flashbacks were coming through. So I decided at that point, I wanted to move to Taiwan and do something here. I brought Sky over to Taiwan and realized, oh, there's an opportunity here. Everyone here has a dog, but people are st still sending their dogs to very traditional kennels. So I wanted to bring something innovative and impactful. And also, I know being a pet sitter put me through college, so I know this kind of creating jobs, this kind of platform, tech enable solution can help a lot of people. To date, the app has garnered 59,396 registered users and 25,000 pet sitters. But success also comes with hardship. As the pandemic led to a drop in bookings, it was then that the team launched a contactless dog walking service for home quarantined pet owners. The owner ties their dog's leash to their door handle, and then the dog sitter picks up the dog without any physical contact with the owner. We pivoted from targeting people that were traveling to people that actually got COVID and couldn't walk their dogs anymore because they were in quarantine. So we just talked to our users real fast and figured out a way to help people in that situation to take care of their dogs and cats. And that actually helped us grow during the pandemic. Eventually, we want to get to 100,000 in the next two years because Uber Eats and Foodpanda, they kind of did that. They created job opportunities for people that may not be as privileged. So we really want to do that just for people that love animals. 
we can create jobs for them. Chen's goal is to become the biggest pet care platform in Asia, create more jobs for pet lovers, and expand to other markets in the world. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. The weather front that descended on Taiwan over the weekend brought continual rain in the northern half of the island. The low temperatures and moisture also brought the first snowfall of the year to Taiwan's highest peak, Yushan. On Sunday, early morning temperatures on Yushan dipped just below freezing with sleet coming down at 6.40 a.m. At 7.05, snow began to fall, albeit briefly. It was the first snowfall of the year and the latest snowfall in 80 years.